On this week's show, Warren talks sheds, Free talks cats, Ben talks demons, and I talk nonsense. On top of all of that, one lucky viewer will get the chance to win Warhammer Underworld's starter set from store.ontabletop.com. To be with the chance to win, all you need to do is like the video, pop a comment below, and if you can, share it around on social media, because it helps us out. Now sit back and relax, because the weekend starts now. Hello everybody, we're back for another fun-filled weekender. I'm joined by the delightful Warren. And delightful though am I? Delightful. Happy days. Yeah. And I'll take that. And our lovely free <laughs> and half of the tasty boys, Ben. We're 50% tasty. 50% tasty. Oh dear. Uh, I'm kicking things off this week. Warren wants to talk to us about the impressive thing men can do in sheds. Yes, right. Does this come okay. from Warren? Look, so on the cult radio on uh, Wednesday night past, um, I was pitching something into the cult of games, um, which is our the the, 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 the core inner circle supporters um, uh, uh, of the on tabletop. Okay, uh, we run this radio show um, with music and chat and all that crack on a Wednesday night in the Discord. And what had happened is um, at the weekend past, I discovered um, that in the village beside where we live, they have a thing that they've called a man shed. Okay. Now, let's get past the fact that it's called a man shed for the moment. Okay. Uh, this is a bunch of retired old dudes that, uh, that get together and, and basically they, they drink coffee and they turn wood on lathes and they, it, it's amazing what they've done. Okay. And they bring people in men and women and teach them how to do wood turning. They have built themselves a, a forge, a, a blacksmith's wow. forge. So they, so they have a, a, a proper woodwork shop with all the, the stuff in there. They have a forge and blacksmithies uh, thing with welders and anvils and Whoa, that's cool. heaty uppy things uh, uh, and the likes. Uh, they have uh, what they've built. A, they've also built a thing called a library of things. So the people, <laughs> people within their community, if you need a lawnmower for, for a week, you go in and you can borrow a lawnmower. Oh. For a week, if, you, if your kettle blows up, you can go in and you can borrow a kettle. I was you trying to think this was actually t sounding a lot more like a cult, but now it just sounds nice. It, so. does, it is yeah. nice. Well, <laughs> I don't know if the one. With... Sorry, I'm just going to say I don't know if the one you have is connected um, with the the organisation, but um, you can actually go to find a shed on mensheds.org and, mm -hmm. and they're all because there's one in antrim as well just down the road from me uh, well if I, you scroll into the map and see if there's yeah. one in if there's one in clock mills um uh, which is uh, just above control it's antrim but anyway while, Jer while jerry's um, browsing the map okay of, of the men's sheds 
No, it's not on there. No, yours is separate and distinct. Oh dear, yep. what a shame! It's but, an independent man oh. shed. It's an independent man shed. But for, <laughs> for the rest of the for the rest of the UK, there are quite a few of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's the the thing about it is I I got I got chatting with them, and as I said, you know, it's a bunch of um of retired old dudes that um, uh, just wanted to make things and to, to try and help people. So they have lots of people on the autistic spectrum and stuff that they bring in and they, they've just created this very relaxed environment and just lots of teaching and making and drinking cups of tea. It's delightful. And I thought it was lovely. And, 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 uh, and again, you know, because um, I'd posted about this man shed in inverted commas so that people would understand that it, uh, I do understand it's, it, it'll be people shed, but they, they <laughs> man shed. Nice. I'm not going to preach to a bunch of old retired guys who are just trying to do nice things. You know, it's like, no, but the, uh, it was lovely because as I was walking around the wood shop, um, there was this lovely little plaque that had been made uh, by a group of the women that, uh, that were in the place. Uh, thank you, the the chap's name, uh, from all the girls in the woman's shed. You know, and it was uh, <laughs> just, it's just such a nice thing, right? Anyway, I brought this up in the radio show and I was describing uh, this this concept and I thought to myself, wouldn't this be nice if we could do something like this within our hobby, within our industry, a hobby sheds, a global network of little hobby sheds, little (laughs) on your doorstep collectives of folk that get together and share tools, share resources. And the, the, the number one rule um, uh, to make it distinct, no game. No playing, no gaming. It's all about getting together to oh, make I love things, that. to uh, you know, to to craft together, to make together, to paint together, to build together. So it's kind of number one rule is no games. The other reason I like that rule in particular of no games is it means you need less space. You don't need a whole bunch of gaming tables. You you literally can be a, a few dudes and dudettes that just meet up in a shed. And, you know, uh, and I just thought it could be a great way for some of the older hands who have maybe picked up a lot of equipment and bits and pieces over the years, uh, if they if they were able to find a place that, that, that they could share that so that uh, other folk in the hobby that have maybe never tried an airbrush, Jerry, could go along and get access. Yeah. You get access to an airbrush or get access to um, a 3D printer. If you're lucky, maybe even access to a wee laser cutter um, or access to uh, a bits box that has been built up over 30 years. <laughs> you know, it, it's um, so I have a forum topic that I have started on OTT because um, I, I, uh, we we laughed, we giggled, we enjoyed the, the, the concept of the hobby shed um, and a global hobby shed network where, you know, it could be a case of, can you imagine we have little groups of hobby sheds all around the world? Okay. And uh, uh, we meet up on Monday nights. Okay. And we do our hobby shed stuff, but maybe from time to time on a Monday night. Okay. We get um, a Mel train tutor. And we live stream Mel into all of those hobby sheds <laughs> to give us a little crash course in how to make uh, clump foliage 
out of uh, dirty old sofas and, and the likes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So by having a global network of hobby sheds, we can we can flex, you know, and we can we can, <laughs> we can combine resources and uh, and things like that. And um, so, yeah, I said to uh, on the on the radio, I said to the the, the members over the summer and over uh, through the weekend, I'm going to float this idea of a global network of hobby sheds um, with the wider community. There is a forum topic on OTT. If you're interested, okay, please get involved in that forum topic, and we will see if something like this has legs um, where we can uh, get together and make the world a better place one <laughs> shed at a time. One so shed at a time. It yeah. wasn't just your way of inviting yourself around to uh, Laughing Boy's house then, so you can go and play. Oh, you see, I expect, him to, I expect him to fire up the London chapter, you see. Oh, Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense, yeah. But yeah, look, uh, this, is a, this is a call out to the wider community. Come on over to that forum topic. It's in the, it's in the, just the main public part of uh, On Tabletop. I will put a link below for it. Yeah, if you if you think that this could be something you're interested in or something that you could help um, uh, fire up in your area, like these are not venues. This is not something where somebody should feel they have to travel an hour to. Okay, if you're having to travel an hour, um, it's not on your doorstep. So find people closer to you and fire up your own little hobby shed. You know, see if there's a maybe a community group or something will give you access to a room with some tables or bits and pieces. You know, we can discover together ways of ways and means of doing uh, doing this and try and advise um, each other as as best we can. But yeah, no games. Neat idea. No okay. games. It's all about just creating together. And I like it. Doing it. Sounds like oh, an interesting project for the summer. That sounds yeah. great. And we're not far away from the summer. In fact, we're only mm. a few weeks away from spring ending. And that means oh. the end of our spring clean challenge. Indeed. Dun, dun, dun. Lovely segue. Yeah. I thought so. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. See what you did there, Jerry. DJ Glue. <laughs> DJ Glue. So <laughs> for people who haven't been paying attention from the uh, end of March until the end of June, more or less, across the entirety of spring here in the British Isles, because I know obviously people in Australia and upside down line will start complaining that it's the autumn or something. <laughs> However, our spring, the only spring that matters, the one that I see outside of my window, we run the spring <laughs> clean challenge. Uh, and it is an opportunity for people to dig into that big pile of pride, dust off something that's been kicking around for a while and hasn't had much sort of traction on it. Uh, and then start a little project up and try and try and get something done. It doesn't have to be finished, doesn't have to be complete, doesn't have to be wonderful. Uh, but just try and get involved and get things done. And to help people along, we wave a little bundle of vouchers in front of them. So <laughs> uh, we've got four yep. entry areas that people can go in for, which is the uh, best idea, uh, the best skill, the best tutorial, and the best junior member, or as I like to call them, otter pup. Otter pups. Otter pups. Oh, and, I'm and, sorry. Uh, and within that, you just, you know, you, you push your projects away, you just tag it as a spring clean challenge, and yes. then we'll have a look at it. Now, we will be taking a little bit of a break for the next two weeks, which will be over the end of spring. So spring ends on the 20th slash 21st, depending on who you read on Google. Um, but that means we'll be coming back on Friday the 25th, and we'll be announcing the winners there. So if you have a project and you're already involved, fantastic. If you haven't, it's still not over. 
get in there. You never know your luck. Um, but I've picked a few from the 200 odd entries that are currently <laughs> in our project system. Yes. Um, yeah. Just to show people some of the things that have been done in there. Um, so Denzian has been doing a bit of Victorian sci-fi. Very um, nice. Started off heavily War of the Worlds and uh, the invasion of London, um, including modeling up the streets and the red weeds that you see on the lovely musical cover from everybody who remembers the War of the Worlds um, musical. Yeah. Uh, but now he's decided to push on. London's John done. Carter. Yeah, London's done and uh, he's going to Mars. So these, <laughs> this is the reciprocal attack of the British uh, on Barsoom. Uh, <laughs> and he's been going through and doing an extensive amount of work. This is a huge project. Wow. Um, but I, I just really loved seeing from the, the initial beginnings of something. He does an awful lot of historical stuff so he, he's done a lot of scarlet coated british imperial uh trips yeah. before yeah. uh but then just taking them and going you know what happens if you go sci-fi magic happens that's what happens <laughs> so, you know <laughs> who doesn't want to see a triceratops on mars dragon oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah uh so it's it's a beautiful one it's it's a great idea and i love how it's come together and i won't go through it all because we'd be here literally for the whole show uh but it does start off with the tripods nice. which is incredible gorgeous. so that's mm -hmm. that's an idea about idea mm -hmm. here i have one of our pups looking Hello, particularly happy um, i can't my heart it's too much <laughs> and, and, and this is getting uh, a sexual kid involved and it's a very, very cool. short project at the moment um what has been happening is um, a sort of variety of models from uh, Super Dungeon Explore. Nice. Um, yeah, the range. Yeah. He picked out the models that he wanted to paint, which were these sets of sort of chibi wolves. And then over the, the course of the, the sort of entries, there have been different painting styles or techniques have been used. So this Neat. is an experiment with washes. Mm -hmm. uh, previous to that, we had base coats and dry brushing. Um, so you can see it, it doesn't have to be massively complicated. Um, it's mm. all about getting involved and having a bit of fun um, when you're splashing stuff on. In fact, I'll open this one because I quite like how dry brushing and base coating is a bit neater than I was. Dry brushing, a kid's, a kid's favorite yeah. technique. Yeah. <laughs> um, also <laughs> my favorite technique. <laughs> it's a, it's a great, great way of getting uh, younger people involved in the hobby. Uh, Very nice. And the like. Yeah. And Thank shows you. you don't need to be, you know, knocking stuff out at a high level, just hook them while they're young. It's you know, yep. a great way to go. Well done, young pup. Mm. Indeed. This was, if memory serves, our first completed ah, way, yeah. way, 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 Think way so, back. Yeah. And this was a little scenic diorama of a river horse knight, um, a la the company. I believe it was actually a, a Kickstarter exclusive thing from River Horse way, way back in the day. Uh, and that obviously seemed like a decade later, now is the time to get it out <laughs> painted. Uh, and rather than just having it based up for a game, uh, they decided to do this. Awesome diorama. Oh, yeah, great yeah. diorama. So um, I, it would have been equally good to have the Tiki on land and that River Horse coming out of the out sea. Of, yeah. Out of the sea. Either, either way yeah. would have worked. Um, but yeah. we've got this really nice basing done including the the sort of the uv lighting or not uv lighting the uv resin you can see it under the mm -hmm. lights um to give you this sort of depth and i'll throw up a couple of the finished images so you can see Very exactly nice. just how spectacular it looks when complete. love it that's mm. amazing and a really unique set oh, of I love uh, this one. 
good option for uh, tutorial helps. and skill, I'd say. That yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And this is the, the hard part comes down for us having to pick which goes into what category because <laughs> yes. you, do, yeah. you don't have to worry about the categories you're working in. You just have to fire a project out there for mm. us. But, yep. Uh, I can't wait to see what you pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and lastly, in, in the truest sense of uh, spring cleaning, um, oh wow! We found some old hammer classic warhammer, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, wow! Um, some of these models have never made it to things like oh, white man. metal or fine cast. They were only ever produced in lead. Uh, yeah. Gives you an idea of the sort of age you're dealing with on some yeah. of these. Mm -hmm. Man, I love those old models. Yeah, oh, and so it nice. shows how a, a bit of a spruce up and uh, <gasps> modern. I remember it, that guy. Modern. <laughs> that's uh, Rutger. Yeah, uh, yeah, from the oh one of the campaign packs. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it shows modern techniques being used on older miniatures can really sort of bring them up. Yeah. And that is possibly one of my favorite, one of the seven remaining oh. steam tanks with the commander mm. chugging away mm. his heart's delight. So awesome stuff. Yeah. My yeah. Goodness. There is a wealth for people to go through. Um, mm -hmm. If you just want some inspiration, you can just go into the project system and check the little contact uh, contest box for sprinkling hobby challenge yeah. just bask yeah. in the madness that's in there already and if you want to get in uh, and try and win some of those vouchers then you've still got a couple of weeks mm -hmm. kick back relax yes. break out yeah. some paints and get stuck into that mm -hmm. very mm. much so yeah happy days so shall we take a look can at I, the end of the week can i do it can I do it? Oh, you can. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been so. It's long. time for Indie of the Week. <laughs> we miss that every week. You're not here, Warren. So. Oh, <laughs> do we miss it? It's uh, just yeah, <laughs> the echo uh, perfects it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that is true. Uh, right, but, who is our Indie of the Week this ah, week? So this week uh, is something very, very new. Um, so this is Snarling Badger Studios, which has been put together by YouTubers who I'm, fair, I'm pretty sure everyone will be familiar with, Adam Loper of Tabletop Minion and Vince Ven Venturello of Warhammer Weekly. Uh, over the period of the pandemic, they decided, hey, wouldn't it be cool to make a game? And so make a game they did. Uh, and the game in question is very awesome and I'd, I'd say particularly metal. Uh, it's Rain in Hell, the demonic skirmish combat game. Mm -hmm. I assume you picked this solely on the name of their collaborative studio. Yes, I did. Everyone knows the way to my heart. Um, <laughs> but Rain in Hell uh, is very cool. It's available either as a PDF or you can get it on print on demand, which is always awesome to see. Nice. Uh, but it is a skirmish combat game where you are diving into hell at the head of a cabal of demons that have uh, mm -hmm. various different allegiances to the different philosophies of hell. Uh, and you're going to be fighting to either reclaim hell and remake it in the image before it was destroyed and, 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 and ruined, or maybe bring hell into a new light and do something different with it. Um, you are going to be playing as entire warbands of demons and the game is miniature agnostic. So you can pick up uh, whatever demon miniatures you want from across the massive swathe of options that are available for the tabletop world and bring them together to create your own unique warbands. Um, and yes, I think this one is looking particularly very nice. Um, I say it's a skirmish game. 
So it's based on warbands and that kind of thing. Um, in addition to that, uh, there's like a whole campaign system built into this where you start off as a group of minions and as you grow and expand, your demons get um, more powerful as you go, which is also very nice. Uh, you can also play it as uh, one-off games as well, if you like to. Um, and the actual rulebook itself is very, very well presented, has some really nice artwork throughout, some very good uh, miniature photography, as you'll see as we go through. And the mechanics of it are very cool as well. There's some really interesting little tweaks here and there that have really sort of brought it to life for me. Um, one of the things that I really like about this uh, is the activation system in, mm -hmm. in Reign of Hell. So uh, in a lot of games, even if it's uh, sort of like a, an alternative activation style game, uh, where you go back and forth, blah, 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 you know that the other person's going to get a go, right? In this game, for the number of demons you have in your warband, you have a set of D12 to match them. So if you had six demons, you got six D12. Mm -hmm. You will roll those D12, and that is the initiative in which you'll activate. So if your demons get, let's say, for example, 12, 10, 8, 6, 6, 4, or something like that, right? That's the way you'll activate, and you'll compare that against the set of dice that the opponent has rolled, and then you'll alternate you'll alternate as you go down through the list from 12 to 1, which I think is really, really cool. That's and nice. it means that there's variance in the turns, but there's still lots of planning and tactical sort of nuance to what you're doing, which I think is really awesome. It's a little bit like the kind of dice in the bag mechanic, yeah. I guess, from like um Warlord oh, games. Yeah, but, but with a little bit of a twist it because you can always see what's coming up. Yeah, really you nice. can yeah. so with the with with Warlord's hand in the bag. Mm -hmm. You literally don't know between yeah. activations what's going to happen. This is interesting, actually, because strategically speaking, mm -hmm. you will uh, you'll be able to look at your dice, your opponent's dice, mm -hmm. and start to make a judgment on mm -hmm. how you're going to how you're yeah. going to manage your activations. Yeah. And, the, That's and, the cool, and the cool thing is that the dice isn't locked to a particular figure, so say in in turn one or whatever you wanted to use your 12 that first dice in order to right. activate one of your lesser demons and use them to do something very important on that first turn you can do that you're not restricted to going from the, the top all the way down to the bottom in terms of the demonical demonical demonic hierarchy of stuff on the table which is really nice mm -hmm. um the other really good thing about this is that the actual kind of like cut and thrust of gameplay is very quick uh, it's all D6 based, which is which is awesome. Yeah. But it's just sort of roll. There's a, a, some neat tables set up where it's just like, bam, you've done damage, roll saves, that's it. The nuance comes in the way, the philosophies that your different demonic hordes take and how that affects gameplay. So you always have like this great demon lord that you always have at the top of the, the list for your army. And then under that, you'll have, I think, I think they're called zealots or something, I think it is, where they are sort of like, the true believers in your way of, you know, uh, defining devoted. hell. Devouted, that's it, yeah. <laughs> they are like, yes, master, we will make sure we do this. In, in, in many ways, they're probably more into your philosophy than the actual guy in charge of your warband is, which is quite oh, nice. Yeah. Deputy, <laughs> Deputy Prime oh, yeah. Minister is yes. always worse than Prime Minister. <laughs> they're the guy that hi hides behind the, your, your leader and goes, yeah. <laughs> stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, no, I, I really love that, the, the philosophies part, because you can see mm. them there, that, the idea behind that, I suppose we, we haven't really talked about why you're in hell. Well, hell is a real place. <laughs> yes. And for years, they've been looking for souls. Souls are the currency and also the power that sort of defines hell. Mm. Uh, and this worked perfectly. It was a gorgeous 
shining city in the night uh, on this realm where everything worked like clockwork until one day a, a minor demon got trapped on Earth and it was handed over to the mayor of the local town who then handed over to the priest who handed it over to the bishop and it worked its way up and then all of the religions and scientists on this version of Earth got together and went, we need to deal with these people. And they discovered that there was only one portal in and out of hell into Earth and they sent a bucket load of people through, soldiers, priests, whatever they could find, didn't matter what denomination, and they went on a one-way suicide mission to blow up the portal. And that cataclysmic event shattered the portal. They knew they were never coming home. The hierarchy of hell was destroyed, and the world essentially collapsed into chaos. This is a post-apocalyptic hellscape. Yes. <laughs> when, when hell breaks down, we all break down. It's hell in hell. Which and, it was and, and so you have these philosophies bridging that gap. Sorry, free. And no, no, no. It's like, it was almost, almost, almost the plot of Little Nicky. Almost. Yeah. It's very, it's yeah. very, very close. Yeah. Only no pineapple and no. 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 <laughs> but, Get in the flask. But, but so we have these six philosophies, and, and it, you can see there you pick one, and it's a bit like um, Saga in that your your leader doesn't cost you anything. Uh, I don't think the devoted costs no, anything no, either. Yeah. If you take it, there are specific types of demon and they're mirrored you know so uh, the lords of hell will have a, a certain type of demon that are common and so if i think if you take the divided from the common type of demon that would be a lord of hell he's free i think if you take one of the ones from outside of that mm. then you pay for him but otherwise you can have your your free leader and free um lieutenant and then after that you're just paying for the actual uh, minions who flock yeah. to you and you have people yeah. looking to restore hell to its glory days or people looking to get out of this terrible terrible hole or the empty so uh nihilists if anybody's a fan of dogma uh, the, uh, mm. the demon who wants to just destroy all of creation because he doesn't want to be in hell anymore there's a faction like that yeah burn it all down i don't want to exist every time i die i come back to hell this is hell uh, so you have you have these factions within there as well which is a really interesting way of doing it and gives you a very flavorful way to build your warband so not every not every group of demons is the same group of demons attempting yeah. to uh pineappleize hitler <laughs> I think there was the, I think it's the judges that I was particularly drawn to because they have like, they are, they are very much the arbiters of the law in hell hmm. and yeah. they can decide what the law is from any regard. So they can be like, no, 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 this is what will happen this turn. And they can level things out if things aren't going in, like not in their favor, which things are really nice. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, some really awesome things in there. There's lots of different sort of tweaks and variables that you can get between them. And then there's certain things that each of the devout can use in terms of like, spells almost and that kind of thing as well which is really cool but then the core of the game is baked into that sort of uh that war between those different factions and then as i say you can play it as a, as a one-off game but you can also sort of build it up to play it as a more of a campaign which i think is the way that i i would imagine loper of intruder would prefer you to see play this game which is yeah. really awesome because you all you all start off with like a, a number of souls to spend and you will um sort of buy your sort of little tiny warband of minion, minor minion demons. And then as you go up, they'll sort of grow bigger and stronger and warp and change. So it really means that you go diving to, into this from like a hobby point of view. You've got some really awesome things you could do with that because you maybe start off with a bunch of blood letters from Games Workshop or something. And then as you go sort of like chop and break their horns off, give them different weapons, add cloaks and all sorts of different things to them as they were going, as they become more and more powerful demons and stuff. The other really nice thing about it is that at least from what I read anyway, in terms of the campaign structure, your 
demons never die. Instead, they become sort of like scarred and twisted and broken. So their stat lines will change, but you'll never lose figures. As a demon, you can kind of expel them from, well, they say expel. They basically mean your demon lord basically kills them and Mm. reaps their souls back. But then you can then spend their souls on other ones if you want to. But I love the idea that you can have like this wizened, broken, twisted demon that's part of your warband that has been there since the start. And he's always getting beaten up, but he's always there to go and like drag the treasure and the souls away or something on the table while everyone else does the killing and stuff, which I think is really neat. Um, And the fact that everything is soul connected is is Mm. interesting as well because they have a, a mechanic where when a demon is banished or essentially killed let's yeah. let's just call it killed for the sake of the game <laughs> if somebody's within three inches then they can reap, they reap their the souls, souls and the souls oh. essentially become re-rolls mm-hmm. for you so you don't want to be picking up there's none of the sniping nonsense you don't want to be picking people off from a distance um you do want to be trying stay up close and personal like when you have a chance to kill because yeah. then you're you're harvesting your enemies power and then turning it back against them um Mm -hmm. and that's sort of reflected in the the rules because we're saying they're very light as far as uh combat mechanics go it is just like you know if my combat is higher than yours i hit you on a two if it's equal we hit on a three and if it's uh lower than you know i hit you on a four so it Mm -hmm. is that sort of simple but yeah you don't have to it's not a, a I go into base to base and then we stay there swinging swords at each other until somebody falls over you can do a, like a hit and run where you make your attack at any point along your movement so if you've got six inch move and somebody's two inches away you can run an inch attack and then run five inches past them uh, and just sort of slice <laughs> a bit off yeah get her away into the darkness yeah. or if you're if you're standing toe to toe then you get a bonus for your attack and defense of plus one or if you just want to do a lot of damage you can charge in finish mm-hmm. your turn close to them and then you get a bonus to just your attack but if you were halted then you know if there if your opponent was halted then they obviously can counter that and within all of this they've got the the various sort of as you can see here the the play areas the shrines and crags and lava pits that all add um so it's a very i mean the, the book itself is less than 70 pages but there's a substantial amount of oh yeah there's loads of the, scenarios and stuff at the back yeah i think there's like 10 scenarios and then there's obviously all of the themed um terrain so it's not just a a static landscape around you it's it's very interactive with the various types it's not just hill water feature whatever um, the, the other thing as well you're talking about like you're talking about terrain and table space mm-hmm. they actually say that you can play this on very very small tables if you want so like two by two or something it's, if you really want uh, yeah, to that kind of thing i think um, it's um yeah. i want to say war cry although i'm not gw enough to know it's 22 inches by 30 inches it's whatever yeah. the, the, the gw board game size is is mm-hmm. the recommended size so i think you're expecting to see people come across so you're, you're literally playing on uh half of a table essentially yeah. so you've got plenty yeah. of room there yeah. So, yeah so it's very much designed to be in like a an awesome hobby project because you're building your own demonic forces yeah but also a quick and easy to dive into game that has lots of interesting mechanics and different philosophies and stuff to dive into and play around with mm-hmm. And then, as you say, take it into that campaign as well and sort of play on from there, which is really cool. So, yeah, it's a very, very interesting project from Starling Badger. And it seems like it'll be the first one of, of many, perhaps, from Loper and Ventrue. I hope so. so. I've, I've got to say, I'm really loving that backstory that Jerry explained. I, I think that's really cool. I want to delve into this and <laughs> more about that. 
I really like right. the idea of building your army from ground upwards and being completely immersed in the game from the beginning. Mm. That's yes. what I like because Campaign your games your are the way army. forward. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as far as figure count goes, you're maxed out at 10 figures for a cabal. Okay. So mm-hmm. you, you've got your warlord and his lieutenant, and then up to, depending on the size of the game you're playing or whether or not you've lost some people or had to replace them, you know, up to eight minions to scuttle around with you and drag people back and forward for you so it's not a big sink for miniatures either and it makes a lot of sense when you're playing on such a a small area you don't want to you don't want to end up being flooded you don't want somebody just spamming uh tons of cheap imps on the grounds that you know Mm -hmm. they'll get the activations off because the rolling handfuls of dice so (laughs) you know know, being being limited to sort of 10 aside max, then uh, you've, you've got Looking the, the room to Looking at Skaven players in uh, more time there. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly so. So there's a, an awful lot to explore there with uh, Rain and Very Hell. Much so. yeah. Brilliant. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh- you love. It's the news. (laughs) So, diving into the news uh, to begin with, we are looking at some stuff for Bolt Action from the folks at Warlord Games. Uh, They have a bunch of pre-orders going up this weekend uh, for some new Allied and Axis miniatures for uh, Bolt Action, their World War II um, tabletop game. Uh, So we start off with a little bit of a preview of what's coming up uh, on the commando front, which I'm sure will uh, excite Warren and his San Zia love. Uh, mm-hmm. but they're going to be doing a new plastic set, some of the examples you can see there, for a British and inter-allied commando set. So it's going to cover not just your standard British soldiers as part of the commandos, but also all of the allied forces from across Europe that joined together with them on their daring missions behind enemy lines and, for example, at San Nazir as well. Um, as you can see, there's a, a look at the plastic sprue there, and there are lots and lots of options wow, on yeah. it, um, mm. allowing you to make very bespoke characters to use for the different nationalities and stuff that fought alongside us uh, as we took on the Nazis. So, yeah, very awesome indeed. Um, in addition to that plastic set, we're also going to get a bunch of additional stuff for the Allies. So we've got the M8 Scott HMC that you can see there, which is a new tank. I'm sure somewhere John is exploding with um, information that he could share on the show, but alas, he is not here. <laughs> so I will bumble through it. Um, <laughs> apparently, this tank was pretty well used by the Americans during the war, and of course, the rest of the Allies. And it actually saw service beyond the end of World War II as well. Uh, so you would have seen it in uh, in Vietnam as well, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a very cool looking tank there. Very dinky, uh, but very nice. Uh, then we have the British Army 5.5 inch medium howitzer. Booyah. Looking Boom. very, very cool. Yes. Literally. Boom. Stick those at the back of your of your of your army and shell the opponent out of their houses. Seems like the best way forward for that, I think. Um, very nice little kit there. We've also got the M6 Fargo 37mm GMC. Uh, so this was one of the first attempts by the US to build a tank destroyer uh, because they decided, why don't we just take a massive gun, stick it on the back of a Jeep, make sure the suspension's all in order, and use that to take out tanks. Uh, it's a lot easier than trying to build an entire anti-tank vehicle 
in of itself, really. Um, so yes, this was used to great effect, um, driving around the countryside, blowing things up, and it saw action in Europe and in, in sort of Normandy, and also down in places like Tunisia and Italy as well, which is very cool. Uh, and then to cap things off, we have a Panzerlehr squad, uh, which is one of the more veteran units within the German army. Um, they fought all over the place as well. Uh, and that sort of matches up with the different sets that we've got here for the Allies. So if you want to put together a badass squad of Germans to go hunting down Allied tanks, then you can do so with this. Mm. Um, all of these are going to be available from this weekend over on the Warlord website. And of course, we'll also have pre-orders and stuff up on the on Tabletop store as well, because we have a bunch of bolt action there if you want to go and check mm -hmm. it out. So yeah. Very nice. Well, on to me, mm. not quite just in date. I'm going on to the Cold War. So if ah. you consider yourself <laughs> quite the secret agent, there's certainly a game out there for you for you to wrap your head around. So mm. Vienna Connection's now been released for retail by Portal Games. And they've really put their brains into this one. So if you're looking for something that's going to keep you up and about at your next game night, this is definitely one for you. For me, I find it quite frustrating. Not frustrating. I love sitting down and playing a board game on my, uh, on my games nights. But... This is a lot more immersive. So mm. one to five players will take control of their own CIA team of agents and you conduct missions during the Cold War. So players need to search through clues throughout European cities and they're tasked with top secret missions that are based on the unfolding events within the 1970s. So the game is not all about you secreting the mission and flying through it. The game's going to fight back as well so players are going to need to outsmart and take down rival soviet agents and crack the case and succeed in their missions as well so mm, very cool if you're like me and you love a story that's built into a game you're going to want to give this a look because it really does throw players straight into the action in mm. the true events that unfolded during the cold war so it's a collaborative event so you mm -hmm. and your teammates are going to need to put your heads together to crack the case or several cases you need to look at clues evidence decipher hidden messages and personally, I, I read a lot and I like to bury myself in Spinable so I can imagine myself really stepping up to the plate <laughs> in this one. You know, I'll bring a monocle in and everything. Oh, I feel yeah. like it will work. <laughs> so uh, this is it's just an experience. So do you remember a couple of weeks back we had the um, Cubicle 7 escape rooms? Oh, so yeah. Kind of similar in a way. So we spoke about that on the weekend or a couple of weeks ago. So it's recommended you can play this twice. However, the twists and turns will be probably most effective the first time mm. around. So it's a really great one for you all to put your money in and get it together rather than just one person buy it if you mm -hmm. want an experience on your game night. But it's not just one game's night sitting which is great so mm -hmm. the missions take roughly about three hours give or take and cool. the whole campaign yeah. itself takes 15 hours altogether so this can be a running thing to do over a course of several games night depending Ooh. how efficient you and your teammates are really depending see how quick you can get through it but it's available for you to pick up online and a vast range of FLGSs so if you're looking for a cooperative experience coming out of lockdown then this idea will keep you and your friends brains ticking for sure again Sounds very cool. As someone who really, really likes Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, this seems like a nice step up. So you've got like those escape room games and stuff from Cosmos, and then you've got this stuff here from Portal Games, which sounds really nice mm. as well. Looking forward to diving in and giving it a go. Sounds very, very cool. Yeah. I just this week finished re-watching Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Ah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and this is essentially that, but from the uh, the US CIA point yeah, of view. Yeah, yeah. So. Very cool. Excellent stuff. You break out your best Alec Guinness impersonation. <laughs> get cracking. 
I'm going to get a good coat for it with the big high collar. That's the way forward. Yeah, yeah. it's all right. Just look mysterious in the corner. You yeah, yeah, yeah. So who's uh, up next then? Yeah, so next we're moving on to the folks from uh, TT Combat who have been building on their range of miniatures for um, Carnivale. Uh, so the Rashar, who are your very, very Lovecraftian horror-based faction within the game, have got some new releases all separately available now. Um, so you've got the Magi, Magi Rashar, who is your powerful spellcaster that you can use to lead your forces on the tabletop. Very, very awesome indeed. Love that kind of coral style staff that yeah. he has in his hand. Very nice. nice. At the fork there. Very uh, kind of Cthulhu, which is night. You've also got the lesser Ugdru. Ugdru, <laughs> I'm going to say. Yep, who are sure. your sort of heavy hitters in a game. Uh, apparently, as part of um, the Rashar, these are almost equal in uh, sort of deadliness to heroes from other factions. So you'd be looking for some very interesting heavy hitters and you've got those to play around with. You've and also he got looks, the... He looks like he's smiling, the guy. The yeah, yeah. They're yeah. happy in their work. Yeah. It's because he's just gone, food, there's something <laughs> in front of him. Yeah. Uh, you've also got the Agliopes, who are very, very strange looking. Uh, when I first saw these, I immediately thought, ah, a Doctor Who villain. Uh, but uh, yeah. these are actually minor spellcasters within the Rashar. So if you're looking to combine these with the likes of the Magi that we saw earlier, then that will give you uh, a bunch of really awesome looking uh, spellcasters for your warband on the tabletop and then to um, sort of cap things off we've got the rashar slaves or how i should say these are i guess you'd call them uh sort of like takeaway food mm. um because you know there's all those monsters as part of the rashar these are the snacks that they eat yeah. um, so if your monsters are in need a little bit of a little bit of food uh, then you just trot one of these out in front of it and it will gobble it up whole and be renewed for more fighting on the tabletop um, talking of big monsters that need feeding there's also the Morgrar, which is this amazingly huge miniature that you see here wow. now t uh, obviously Carnival is a 32 millimeter game anyway. This thing stands like up to like 50 millimeters, maybe even 60 no. in height. This one, pretty impressive. And it's shown sort of destroying the town around it, which is very cool. Um, the idea of this is that it's effectively a warband in of itself. Mm. Uh, and it's mostly going to be used in big monster scenarios. So maybe your two warbands are fighting on the streets of Venice, and then this thing erupts from under the ground and pulls itself out of the canal. And suddenly both your warbands are either running away from it or trying to combine together to try and take it down, which I think would be really fun to dive into. A really cool looking monster um, covered in all kinds of gribbly bits. And I bet you could do a really nice thing with that with kind of like slime effects and things like that as well. Very cool. Also very handy for the beast scenario in uh, Rain and Hell. Yeah, yes. Like, where, you need, yeah. where you need a giant beast between exactly. the two warbands to slap yeah. each other around. Paint it red. Exactly. <laughs> red equals hell. There we go. <laughs> hell and go faster. There you go. Depending on if you're an orc or not. <laughs> a terrific set of deep ones and their traveling food there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Love them. Yeah. yeah. From monstrosity to tranquility for uh -huh. me. If you are a fan of carving and saving bold games, the sequel to the successful tranquility card game is heading to our tabletops by the end of the year. So with the upcoming uh, title, Tranquility the Ascent. So the last game was based in the sea and you would have to get yourself home, yourself and your teammates. But this time, mountain players will be promised a brand new environment to draft cards and conquer a new mountain. So it might not be as peaceful as you'll think. The game is called tranquility 
but players must play the game in absolute silence. So Ooh. anticipating each move for success. So myself, when I played the first game with my partner, I just gave him serious daggers the whole time. She <laughs> <laughs> don't do that the whole time because he's making stupid decisions. And when one person loses, you all lose. So I just, ah, okay. the whole time, the whole time. So I can't control my <laughs> facial expressions very well. I do try. But players will be tasked with trials of ascending a mountain, starting from the base and continuously making up as a cooperative team. So they need to complete the grid of cards, just like you saw there, without running out of cards to achieve the game. So instead of guiding a ship, uh, you need to reach the top of the mountain carefully and strategically plot the cards to achieve the goal. So as the mm-hmm. communication lacks, you're going to need to make sure that you're making the best decision for the team and anticipating what they could do as well on the next move. Because as I said, if you lose, if they lose, everybody lose, restart. Mm not going to happen. So there's three expansions included in the game too. So if you wanted an easy start, the base game will give you justice, but the expansions include different kind of aspects of photography, tactical pathing, and lots of grass to make your journey up to the peak a lot more difficult. So there's no release (laughs) just yet, but I am anticipating the new atmosphere in the ascent. Right. uh, Like how those boxes have managed to get up there already. Oh, I know. (laughs) Made it. They've played the game. Yeah. I've played a, a game which has like a science mechanic in it called The Mind, which is really good. It's a very simple card game where there's just like a a set of 50 cards, I think it is, maybe a little bit more than that. And the whole idea is that you basically just have to play the cards in ascending order until you, or descending, I can't remember which one it is, until you've run out of them. But you cannot talk to the other players at the table. Mm. So you just have to try and guess. So you're sitting there, I've got a five, and you're like, have they got a four? (laughs) (laughs) Um, and that was an absolute uh, sort of like um, scrambler when it came to sort of like working out exactly what I had to do. So adding in more mechanics to something like that, I think is going to be very, very interesting indeed. Yeah. Um, uh, I love the premise of this and I would definitely want to give it a go. It seems like the kind of thing that would be really fun to play with people you didn't know at an oh, event. Yeah. I think because <laughs> you, be you, yeah. you wouldn't be able to read the meta of other no. people. You just have to go, this randomer, are they going to help me? Are they going to shaft me? <laughs> That's very good. And, and at no point would you have to worry about Justin attempting to teach you sign language for the team. So I imagine that's the first thing that I'd think of. It's like, can't I, speak, you say. It I've downloaded just, an app. Yeah. It would just turn into a game of charades, I think. It would just yeah, be like, yeah. it would. It would, But it, it looks like a lot of fun. And I that's love really the cool, concept yeah. that you have yeah. to play in silence. I do. And I mm. think that's just, it just changes such a simple card game into something just mm. deeper and uh, yeah. a lot more fun as well. And also a gift to parents everywhere, I imagine. <laughs> okay, yeah. We're all going to play a game. <laughs> We're going to play Tranquility. <laughs> Remember, you can't talk. If you talk, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> Nifty, nifty stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, next, we move on to some stuff from Games Workshop. So last weekend, I'm sure some of you already already seen, but if you missed out on it, they have their new launch box coming out for Age of Sigmar 3rd Edition, or as they have hashtagged it, new AOS. I don't know what they're going to do next time. Newer AOS, maybe? But, uh, <laughs> new, uh, new. Age of Sigmar Dominion is effectively the Indomitus box of Age of Sigmar in the Mortal Realms. And it's mm-hmm. going to come with two full factions for you to play at your games. However, it's not a starter set, just so you're aware. There are going to be other ones in the future. Um, we've got a neat cinematic trailer, which showed off the Stormcast Eternals heading into the realm of Gur to try and take out the new Cruel Boys, which we'll look at later. Um, 
but it also sort of highlighted some very interesting questions for me, which I'll get to later. Uh, and I'll, I'll come to those as we see the miniatures mm. and stuff. But very cool trailer. Nice to see them doing more stuff like this. Obviously, we had the one for um, 40K as well back when that new edition launched. So maybe they're going to expand on this and turn it into more than just the cinematic you see here, turn it into a bigger short, perhaps for Warhammer, Warhammer Plus in the future. We shall see. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, the cruel boys you see there are going to be facing off against the Stormcast Eternal. So let's go through what's in the box mm. for the boys in gold. We have Indrasta, who we've seen before, the Celestial Spear. She is the new angelic leader for the Age of Sigma and the Stormcast Eternals. She is uh, Sigmar's monster hunter with that massive spear that you see there descending on, from on high with those amazing angelic wings. Very cool looking miniature wearing the new style armor that's been forged by Grugney, um, his old, his buddy and pal from the world that was, who's still in the mortal realms. Very cool indeed. Um, shame for Grimnir, who's been shattered into a million pieces, but ah oh well, um, happens to the best of us. Um, <laughs> we also have uh, a couple of additional characters for the Stormcast Hills. So we have the Lord Imperitant with Griff Pound that you see here, which was represented in the cinematic. Uh, now they are masters of tactics and they have been designed to sort of um, take command of Sigmar's legions once again and lead them on the tabletop to do battle against the cruel boys and such. Um, I say they are masters of tactics. Uh, however, in the cinematic, that guy basically bellowed at a cruel boy and then got shot in the chest. So <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how tactical he is. Um, we also have some cool miniatures in the form of the Knight Arcanum. Uh, I should say that a lot of these uh, will both have um, variants which have both helmeted and unhelmeted heads mm. for the different characters. So uh, very cool stuff there. The Knight Arcanum looking very interesting. Love the look of it. Very cool style. Mm. Nice to see robes and stuff over the top of the armor. I think it breaks up the silhouette a little bit more, adds a bit more sort of like pizzazz to them, which is really nice to see, uh, rather than just being sort of like carbon copy style mass uh, faceless warriors effectively mm. on the battlefield. Mm. Very nice. Um, we also have the Knight Vixilior with the banner of Apotheosis. See, I can say these names, but I can't say realistic <laughs> historical names. Um, so this is one of the uh, leaders that is going to be marching into battle alongside oh, the Stormcast cool. Eternals with an amazingly big banner. I think big banners are coming back. Um, <laughs> big banners <laughs> are in, guys. I'd, yeah. I'd point out that banner's so big. They've hinged the flaps on yes. the end of it. <laughs> For extra wavy. Um, so this has actually got a, uh, a slither of the Anvil of Apotheosis, which is used to reforge the um, Stormcast Eternals built into it. Um, so it's a good way for the Stormcast Eternals to be anchored into the mortal realms and not to just be banished uh, by all the misdeeds of Belakor within uh, the Age of Sigmar. Um, we also have some new miniatures that are going to be there, uh, sort of like your rank and file. We have the Praetors that you see there. So they are newly armoured Stormcast Eternals, getting that sort of like Greco-Roman look going across them, which is yeah. very nice. Uh, armed with massive halberds, a little bit of kind of like a Vatican style thing going on mm. with them, I think, which is really cool. Um, really awesome looking uh, miniatures there. Again, you can see some helmeted and unhelmeted heads. I should point out all of the miniatures that you're seeing here are going to be push fit, uh, although that isn't necessarily how they're going to be when the actual boxes come out later on down the line. Mm -hmm. But it's basically just to make sure that everyone can put them together and get them started very quickly. Mm -hmm. You also have the Vin, uh, sorry, the Annihilators. Um, so these are your big tank boys. 
they are going to be stomping into battle with their massive storm shields and those amazing looking hammers with the uh, thunder and lightning of Sigmar crackling through them. Um, I see these as uh, basically your frontline troops smashing their way through whatever stands in their way and uh, and, and delivering um, Sigmar's justice. Um, they do a lot of mortal wounds, uh, as uh, I'm sure you can guess from their weaponry there. Ben, I know that you have as amazing as these look but you have honestly ever since you've said about putting two googly eyes on things I yes. can't look at them any different now <laughs> yeah. put two googly eyes yeah. just here just here and, uh, and, uh, and they're good to go can't unsee it yeah uh, we also that's why I'm going to paint them grim dark so you, you can get past that you see um, uh, we also we also have the Vindictors who are your new rank and file troops for nice. the Stormcast Eternals just to ally anyone's um, concerns if they have Stormcast Eternal armies, these are not replacing all of the existing models. They are just an additional unit for you to choose from. Don't worry. it's They're not being Primarist. <laughs> In fact, they're getting smaller, but there you go. Um, so yeah, very awesome looking uh, unit there with some really nice looking armor. Um, all of them will be available with um, helmeted and unhelmeted options and you've also got different body types in there as well so you've got bigger and, and smaller individuals as well as uh, male and female chests as well which is neat um, not included in this box but also coming out for the Stormcast Eternals in the coming weeks we also have two new additions so you've got the Knight Judicator with Griff Hounds there as you can see as is going to be up in the weeks or two weeks after the release of Dominion sort of probably more towards the actual release of the um, full edition I would imagine looking very cool comes with a big Ass bow. I love bowmen in games. Very cool. uh, the Griff Hounds have also been given a badass upgrade as well. I think they look a lot more vicious and deadly, which is nice to see. And then for those of you who weren't content with the way that they've been going down this kind of like Greco-Roman um, route, you also have this really cool Stormstrike chariot oh, as well. That's cool. um, so yeah, drawn by two massive um, Griff. I think they're called. I can't remember what they're actually called now. They were called demigriffs. Demigriffs. I don't know they if they are. still are. They are still demigriffs. So yes, being pulled along by demigriffs, and you can uh, arm the um, rider on the right hand side of that with either the axe or a spear, if you wish. Um, so some options in that kit. Oh, I would go spear. Oh yeah, every time. Not yeah. a chariot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you'd have to. Yeah. You can recreate the gladiator scene, but with uh, Stormcast Eternals going up against a band of um, bedraggled chaos warriors because they're the mm -hmm. real good guys, right? Um, <laughs> You also have the new look Cruel Boys. So these are orcs, but not orcs, oh, and slightly more like hobgoblins, but not really hobgoblins, because we can't call them hobgoblins. Um, <laughs> so these are led by the killer boss on Great Nash Tooth, which is a pretty badass-looking miniature, as you see yeah. there. Now, the whole thing behind the Cruel Boys, and we can kind of just go through these models mm. as I'm talking, because um, there's quite a lot of them again, yeah. Uh, is that they all dwell within the realm of Gur, and they are slightly different from other orcs in so much as the Iron Jaws and stuff that you've seen previous to this very much um, venerate um, Gork. So they're all about getting in and smashing people in the face. Uh, and there's very, there's very little subtlety to how they act. These orcs, or orcs, I should say, are slightly more aligned with Morg. So they like to do the sneaky stabbings, a little bit like the goblins that we know and love uh, from Warhammer. And so these have come together as a very cool looking army. There's got some really nice uh, sort of aesthetics going on with them. I think it's good to see, and this is something we've talked about in the past, Warren, orcs that actually look like they want to kill you, which I think is really cool yeah, uh, yeah. Throughout, the, throughout the range. Um, and, and you might say, if they're followers of Morg, that they're completely brand nanu 
No, no. God. Hey. Hey. One step away from the rainbow bracers there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get it in, dude. Oh, <laughs> I, I also like there's some really nice callbacks to kind of classic stuff from Warhammer. So you see the shields that they have there. Yes. They're reminiscent of old orc shields, which used to They're have nice. the big red face or, or, or yeah. yellow face painted on them, which is big really, evil really nice sun. Yeah. Um, so you've got a whole bunch of characters just going through their names as, as Jerry's showing you something. But you've got things like something called a shaman with the pot grot, the killer boss with the stab grot, the merc knob with belcher banner. Some fascinating names here. <laughs> the gut rippers, which we've just seen in these man skewer bolt boys uh, that are looking very, very cool. Very much a kind of Peter Jackson Hobbit orc style look to them. Mm-hmm. A lot of these could very much be Azog. <laughs> they could, uh, yeah. Yeah, which is very interesting. You've also got these, and these are my favourite of the set. So these are the Hobgrot Slitters, Hobgoblins, um, <laughs> which have been called to fight for the uh, Cruel Boys in the Swamps of Gur. But interestingly, right, if you notice their armor style, it's very different from the rest of the armor that you can see on the other Cruel Boys. Mm-hmm. And they also have those little grenades. That's because and I'm sure Warhammer fans have already worked out exactly who their patron might be, they are gifted these things by a strange dark force within the world, Chaos Dwarves, who have given them these very, very awesome-looking pieces of kit to use in their games. So everybody's thinking we're hopefully going to see some Chaos Duardin, as they're now called in the future. Mm -hmm. have been hinted at in the lore, um, so they do exist. Um, You've also got... Some more releases that are going to be coming out after the release of Dominion. Oh, oh God, I've got to take a, a, a breath. This is like Ace Ventura. Oh, um, yeah. so, so you've got be- the Beast Skewer Killbow, which is just a bigger version of the one we saw from the Bolt Boys. Amazing. Looking very cool. Operated by two grots there. And then, and this guy is awesome, got the Breaker Boss on the Maya Brute Trogoth. So I really liked the the redesign of the Trogos that they did, sort of building on what the old stone trolls used to look like. This mm. is one of the big sort of swamp dwelling Trogos. I love the look of this guy. It looks really awesome. That wicked gut plate that he's got with that leering Yay. face is really neat. And also, I love that they've given they've put a cushion on his back so that the the big rod that the the, the uh, sort of rider is on doesn't hurt him tree. too much. Oh. <laughs> it is the whole tree. It yes. is a tree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but yes, so that gives you a look at what's inside the Dominion box for both the Stormcast Eternals and the Cruel Boys and what's also coming up next. As I say, this is going to be a launch box. So this is going to come with the core rulebook, which will have a limited edition cover mm-hmm. uh, fe- featuring Indrasta smashing down through the realms to defeat all her chaos foes. You also get all the war scrolls that you need and the war at Amberstone watch uh, sort of booklet that will allow you to play out scenarios based around these two forces and their opening uh, storyline within the realm of the well, the realm of Gur and the mortal realms. You May all- I just predict oh. right now that sure. that is a box that is going to sell out? Oh, now, without a doubt. Now, I totally agree. However, they did bring up on their live stream that they have, they have, and they've said this on the record now, we've made more than enough. I will wait and see, Games Workshop. Oh. I don't believe it. Wait and see. I don't believe it. Did they say that about the cast city? Yes, they did. Yeah. Uh, uh, as I hide mine behind me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they also uh, have a new book coming out. So, sorry, there's the core rule, but there you can see with the nice new artwork on the front of it. Looking a lot more grimdark, which is awesome to see. Uh, sort of bringing Age of Sigmar more in line with sort of like the aesthetic you've seen in some of the older Warhammer art, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and there's the, the booklet and stuff. But you're also going to have a new book coming out, which is called Dominion, which is by Darius Hinks, 
who's nice. a really good writer. I've read some of his new Gotrek and, well, Gotrek and Malaneth, not Felix. I nearly slipped up there. <laughs> Gotrek and Malaneth uh, uh, books, which are very, very good. Uh, he's going to be writing the book that will start everything off when it comes to the storyline oh, of the next edition of What well Major done, Sigmar. Ben. Blimey. That's well done, Ben. Do you, to, do you want to take a moment and relax? <laughs> have a bit of a rest, a bit of a breather. Oh, what, what I, I want to say is it's on, unusual that they've gone for this set of orcs. Hmm. Oryx, Hobgoblins, whatever you want to call them, because they've just recently done a new set of Orc boys for 40k, the, mm-hmm. the boar-looking ones. Beast snaggers, yeah. And yeah. they look pretty much like the old-style lantern-jawed Orcs. And then they've come out with these. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at them going, they would make really nice design, really nice aesthetic for a new range of 40k Orcs. Yes. But clearly they've decided not to go that way. They're, they're mm. sticking with what they already have, lantern jawed, uh, as mm. far as the eye can see, and yeah. the head you could rest a pint glass on. Um, <laughs> but I mean, just, just look at those there. I think they look great. They're, think, they're so much they're more really characterful cool and yeah. realistic looking that yeah. I think a lot of people I agree. would happily kill to get those with shooters. And hell, you've already got stick bomber grots there. Yeah, you have, uh, and you will yeah. you will see those on the table replacing yeah. stick bomber grots. I'm sure some people who are very good at converting or just have a lot of guns lying around are going to do something with them. Oh so, yeah, you just so. you just know already that they're cockney, don't you? You just know. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> every orc has to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so lots of stuff coming up for this. Um, uh, I will say they're going to be coming back and doing a lot more stuff in the coming weeks, looking ahead to its release. So I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of the um, different things they've got lined up for Age of Sigmar 3rd Edition. I was watching some stuff on the rules. Uh, they, they made the bold claim that is the most tight and uh, effective and cool set of rules that they've ever done for Age of Sigmar. Admittedly, they've only done two so far. Um, but um, certainly sounds interesting and a lot of people who are heavily into the kind of rules element of the game i've said so far from what they've seen that it's uh pretty good so if you're interested in age of sigma go and check that out mm-hmm. and if you want to get a little bit of a toe dip into age of sigma of course we're giving away the warhammer underworlds two-player starter set with this show so bing 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 comment down below tell us what you think um, but moving away from the mortal realms because of course there's some more grimdark news mm-hmm. i'm going to kind of breeze past this because we've been talking about games Workshop for a while now but and also we've seen all these miniatures anyway yeah uh, but there's some new stuff coming up for pre-order this weekend for the adapter sororitas so finally and perhaps heralding a new edition of uh, warhammer 40,000 if the um the portents are to be to- uh, are, t- are true um they're not it's it, it's just a, a meme on the internet but anyway, <laughs> um <laughs> uh, the adeptus sororitas sisters of battle are getting themselves a new codex as you can see there mm-hmm. going to have both the limited edition and the standard version of the codex going to mm-hmm. come with everything that you would expect from a warhammer 40,000 codex including law rules updates stratagems all that kind of thing You've also got the new models. So you've got Morven Val, who is the latest addition to the High Lords of Terror, um, put there by Rupert Gulliman himself uh, to um, sort of change things up and shake things up within the High Lords. But she decided to take to the battle more often than not, which is pretty cool, uh, keeping up with her regular day job before she became a High Lord, uh, rocking one of the slightly more bespoke-looking Paragon war suits of which you see some there, which nice. are the new sort of um, elite troops for you to add into your Battle Sisters army. Uh, and then capping things off as well, we've also got the Celestian Sacrosants, uh, which are kind of like your elite badass warrior nuns 
who are very much bodyguards for their leaders. Um, so you can see they've got those really awesome sort of like coffin-style shields, got bolt pistols hidden behind them, which I think is a neat little addition to them, sort of aesthetically. And they can either be armed with those sort of power moles that you see there, or you can have them with um, big halberds as well, which I think actually look a lot better, uh, in my opinion. Uh, there's also, I think there's a, another miniature for the Dogmata, not pictured here, that's also going to be available this week. And if you're very, 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 very lucky, by which I mean you manage to make sure you're in the shop and out of it within 30 seconds, you'll also be able to get these things. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> um, Good luck, yeah. Skipper. Have fun, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of stuff coming out for Age of Sigmar and Warhammer 40,000. Some of it in the near future, some of it in the here and now. Mm-hmm. So yes, very cool. Ooh, I mean, well looking. done, Ben. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> we, are all, we are all breathless with anticipation. <laughs> ben yeah. is just breathless. <laughs> Alrighty then, we're back and we're going to be taking a look at what's interesting in the world of 3D printing and what have you found for us today, Benjamino? Uh, well, we're looking back at Raging Heroes and their Patreon for June uh, today mm-hmm. because they are continuing their trend. Um, mm-hmm. They have done, done the ancient world of Greece and they've done Egypt. So what's the next pantheon to look at? Rome. Well, no, because... That's all stolen stuff, Jerry. Throw me a curveball. <laughs> I, I was sure we were staying in the med for all of this. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. They are headed up into the north and they have done gods and heroes of Viking Norse oh, mythology. Oh, I love very, Norse very mythology. Cool. Oh. So. Uh, they have a new trailer out which showed off all the new miniatures that are available right now over on their Patreon, um, as is the case with all of these. Um, they are 3D printable STL files, so these are not physical miniatures. You get the files, you print them off at home, and they turn out, hopefully, looking just as nice as these. It's <laughs> uh, a beautiful the- dream. Yeah, as is the case with a lot of the stuff they've done previous to this, they have a bunch of really epic-looking models. Uh, so you've got plenty of the Norse pantheon for both the Azir and the Vanir. So you've got things like Odin, Thor, Heimdall, Loki, Freya, Frey, etc. Uh, I mean, look how amazing Odin looks there. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Wow. That's brilliant. Thor looks incredible. There's screw, Loki. Screw uh, Chris Hemsworth's arms that you've been showing off on social media. That's <laughs> amazing. Uh, but um, you've also then got loads of um, sort of troops and monsters and everything that they've thrown into the mix as well. So they've done a whole range of things like uh, big trolls and wolves and Norse warriors, berserkers, um, sort of your standard fellows with their, oh, what, they've put a sword through the, the face again as well. That's pretty oh. awesome. Yeah, very cool. Uh, you've got your Valkyries and everything as well. And then, of course, there's always a massive, yep, there's always a centerpiece when it comes to these, um, these big mm-hmm. projects. Uh, so Incredible. in this case, it's, well, here you go. It's they've done. Yes, they've done Odin's Hall in Valhalla, uh, as you can see there, with those amazing swords that I really stolen hope... Stolen from Norway. Yes, yeah, stolen from Norway in that a massive... Uh, isn't it for the, the brothers of... Or the sons of Ragnar, Ragnar. or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I really hope those swords have the tips on them as well if you want them so you can actually just print yourself a big sword that'd be nice Um, but yeah a very very cool looking uh, viking hall there alongside the huge ship and then all of the gods and things like that Um, what you see here is available as part of their kind of like basic pledge when i say basic there's quite a lot in it Uh, but they will be releasing their overlord pledge later on down the line during this month as well which will come with even more Um, so here is a look 
in glorious high definition mm. at a bunch of the miniatures that uh, we see. And as, as you can see here, uh, they look incredible. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Set of sculpts. Like, I mean, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, Raging Heroes have been knocking it out of the park when it comes to yeah. miniatures of late. Um, I, I really like their Greek stuff. I thought yeah. the Egyptian stuff was amazing. Mm. I loved all the little yeah. nods to like, adventure movies so you had like um brendan frazier from the mummy and stuff and lara croft in there as well which is always nice to see uh but then you've got these which really delve into the depth and nuance of norse mythology and put together loads of fascinating um miniatures for you to use in massive armies board games skirmish games whatever you want to really i'm hoping to see bunnies that would be nice i'm always hoping to see bunnies one of the female gods i can't remember which one um, has a yeah, chariot pulled? Has a chariot pulled by bunnies in Norse mythology? That that would be Jessica, won't it? <laughs> Close. Oh, God. <laughs> Best not to engage. Yeah. So, like, like, for example, like, I like yeah, that. Yeah. So that ship is the one that I think it's made out of nails, isn't it? That's um, beautiful. Of the dead. Of the dead. Yeah. Yeah. So it resides in hell and will breach uh, the realms during Ragnarok. Gorgeous. Very awesome indeed. Um, but yeah. Absolutely awesome looking Fenrir as well. Yeah, it's amazing stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully we'll see some of the troops. Yes, here we go. See yeah. some of the troops. Like, I love these. I don't think they'd work because of how dynamic they are in kind of like a ranked rank and file style game. Unless you were doing something like Kings of War, where you make sort of a diorama out of yeah. your units. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they would be amazing in a skirmish game because each of them would feel like a, a badass individual like, that you could use. Saga, for example. Yeah. Saga, for example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please do. Yeah. There That's you go. That's all of it together. Just um, look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Especially frightening whenever you, you realize that, you know, those miniatures at the base uh, mm-hmm. are going to be sort of human sized, and then you've yes. got uh, God's Tower above them, and then mm-hmm. the the buildings are just monumental. Yeah, there there is a there is a, a game I cannot remember the name of it for the life of me, where you played as the new Norse gods because all the other gods were dead, and you were playing as the. Um, we looked today in like a, a it's, review. It's not and stuff. Ragnarok. Yeah, is metal? it? Ragnar- I think it might be Ragnarok. Yes, the heavy yeah. metal Viking heavy metal, combat Viking game. Yeah. Combat, yeah, where you were playing as the new gods, where you were basically like, no, no, I'm going to grow to become one of the Azir or the Vanir and kick ass and take names. These miniatures would be perfect for it. Uh, I think they'd be absolutely amazing for it because mm. um, I think we would look at it in conjunction with Bronze Age miniatures. I think it was at the time um, who did all the miniatures for the rulebook and things. Yeah, but yeah, these right. would be amazing. Um, I love the larger than life scale gods and that kind of thing as well. I think it's a really neat sort of addition. And it means that if you were going to do something a little bit more sort of over the top, mm. as these are, you could actually have that as like a unit in of itself on the tabletop. And you'd be like, no, yeah, here's my Lord. He's freaking huge. <laughs> He's Thor about to bring down thunder and lightning on the tabletop. Yeah, very cool indeed. Incredible. Uh, stunning miniatures. I would love to see people paint these in this style as well. Oh, yeah. Because obviously these are renders. Uh, but I'd love to see people actually put these together and paint them in this way with like marble bodies and then that porcelain and... look is amazing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 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 I think it would be really, really cool and a very dynamic army to see on the tabletop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. That's, that's theoretically easy to paint. 
<laughs> Theoretically. Okay. I, I, do you know what? I thought that, and then I did, the more I look at it, the more I think to myself, I'm not so sure, but I, <laughs> I would love to give it a go. I would love to give it a go. Uh, the key is being yeah. neat, because the minute you splash, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I found that with contrast paints, painting I and an elder, which, but we'll talk about that on Sunday. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, very awesome. Love the look of them all. Uh, I think it's a, a great thing for people to dive into at a relatively cheap cost as well when you think about it, because you're just yeah. paying for that one subscription that leads to subscription every every month. And you get all of those miniatures to print off at home. Um, if you have access to a 3D printer, maybe as a friend who has a shed that has a 3D printer in it, uh, these would be pretty awesome for you to- Obby sheds for the win. Yeah. And then use these. Um, all of it's available um, over on their Patreon. Uh, so you can go and check it out here as, as Jerry's looking at it now. But they also have their own website, uh, which is ragingheroes.com, where they have all of their existing range. Like they do some amazing sci-fi and fantasy stuff for like Battle Sisters. Um, so they've mm-hmm. done some really good stuff recently over there. Um, but yeah, these guys have been doing uh, their Patreon for a very long time now. Mm-hmm. So just over a year and a half, I think now. Um, yeah, it's, and- it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, they've also built up, and we say this most of the time when we talk about these, uh, that they've built up quite a a good community uh, of people on Facebook. Um, So if you're worried about approaching printing any of those because they look quite daunting, they've got lots of people who have been 3D printing these things every month for about a year and a half. Um, So they are very up on exactly what you need to do when it comes to the techniques of it all. And I think on a variety of printers as well and different. Yes. You know, so uh, because I've often seen people going, I'm printing on a any cubic that's the thing isn't it <laughs> and any cubic and then hi it's not working and you know you almost immediately will get somebody coming back in going oh i've printed mine on the exact same model here's what you do mm-hmm. um so it's handy to have that it's also a good way to get them cheap because i think they say mm-hmm. it's about 60 percent of the price yeah uh, that they'll yeah. charge yeah. when they go to retail on my mini factory mm-hmm. and then if you don't have a 3d printer you're looking sort of months down the line um a limited amount of them will come out as casts but then that is limited based on physical technology so you you're never going to see some of the big um centerpieces the the toenail boat or uh odin's drinking halls you know they're unfeasible to to actually manufacture so if you're after things like that it's probably the best way to get them did you win one of our prizes Find out on our prize claim center over at ontabletop.com. Here we list all our previous prizes and those who have won. If you see your username, fill out the form to claim your prize. All prizes must be claimed within 30 days. Shall we take a look at some Kickstarters? We shall. Yeah. So the first of these that we're going to be looking at uh, is a little bit old, Hammer. Uh, mm. I'm sure uh, Jerry has waxed a little kill about these guys many, many a time, uh, but uh, we're looking at Tim Prow, who's back with Die Hard Miniatures and Chaos Incursion 2. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, it's the 90s follow-up to the 80s classic now. Uh, so this is a <laughs> new set of fantasy and sci-fi miniatures for you to use in your slightly more corrupted, chaotic warbands and armies maybe on the tabletop, um, as you can see by some of the images here. Very much inspired by, well, it's Tim Prow. Um, they are old hammer miniatures <laughs> and they are for use on the tabletop, taking a lot of the cues from sort of what we would have seen back in sort of like the 80s and 90s when it came to uh, miniature design. Uh, and there is a bunch of new models, as you can see here, that have been put together. Yep, especially that guy. Uh, that have that have been put together um, for you to use building your fantasy warbands or maybe 
your sci-fi cruise. Mm. Uh, I would imagine oh, yeah. it's no accident that this came out a couple of weeks after Star uh, Stargrave um, mm-hmm. hit retail, uh, because you could use these to make up your own sort of chaotic crew on the tabletop. You also yep. got those lovely little familiars. I, I love the little tiny mini Sith. I think that's gorgeous. Mini Sith's uh, nice. I like the one drinking. On, co- on, coffee, on, morning coffee Yoda. Uh, yeah, <laughs> two hands. And I do know he has a little alternative head as well, because yes, uh, does, yeah. there should be one coming to me because I bought it a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, but yeah, you could also use them maybe as like pirates and raiders in your games mm. of uh, Star- Stargrave if you've wanted it as well. Because I, I'd love the idea of like a crew of the damned hunting down your different uh, gangs in Stargrave. I think that'd be really awesome. Mm. Um, but uh, the core of those models that you saw above are more or less kind of like the, the central feature of this. Uh, but they have also got plans to unlock a lot more as the campaign goes on. Uh, they're going to be adding loads of additional. Uh, there you go. He's mm-hmm. so adorable, isn't he? Oh, look! I really like the little tiny mech suit as well. I think that's just amazing because <sighs> there's like there's probably like a little tiny dude who's like, "I want to fight with you guys." Okay, we'll make you a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that it says "oh goblin head." Yes. You know? yeah. Yes. Mm. Oh yeah, goblin. Yeah. Um, it's only because nobody uh, knows what Baby Yoda really is. Exactly true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot of their. Um, uh, their snake range uh, and a lot of their chaos warriors and that kind of thing have been added in here as well. So if you've not looked at their web store previous to this, you can go and check out a lot of the stuff in here and use nice. this to bulk up your order and that kind of thing. And buy not just the new miniatures, but some of the old ones as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also have a couple of unlockables that are going to be coming up as things go on as well. So, um, some amazing artwork, as you can see, that's going to be turned into wonderful miniatures, no doubt going forward. Um, Die Hard recently, well, I say recently, last year, as kind of like the Mandalorian uh, was back, did some really fun miniatures that were mm. not Mandalorians, done an old Hammer sci-fi style, which is really cool. Um, so if you're interested in that kind of thing, they've got those as well. Um, it it yeah. will not surprise you that is why I'm getting the small not oh, baby Yoda. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I felt I needed them in my life. Yeah. yeah the the, yeah. the, the Kin, which is the one you see there, and yeah. we have looked at them previously in an Indie of the Week, are very much their kind of signature range i'd say which is kind of like sci-fi slash fantasy lizard men snake people um that kind of cross the bounds between the two genres Mm -hmm. um they're going to be expanded on as you can see here as well which is really cool um and i'd love to see people making full war bands out of these things to use in their games i think that'd be really great uh yeah diehard miniatures and and tim prow doing excellent old hammer work once again yeah and the fact that they blend between fantasy and Mm sci-fi is perfect because yeah even if you don't play one, chances are you'll find something for the other. Yes. Um, I was talking to somebody in the community earlier on today about the Sylph for the Drukhari, because yes, there's yeah. not many miniatures for them. In fact, I think there's only one. And you can also only buy that one in Finecast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so they've been kept bashing, um, using other bits and pieces to try and make them, whereas here there's essentially an entire range of Sylph, if you yes. uh, if you want a, a yeah. set of bodyguards for your Archon, then it's a great way to get them. Mm-hmm. Thirteen days left to jump on that yeah. one, folks. Yeah. So, um, if you want a bit of old hammer in your life, this is your this is the Kickstarter for you. Mm-hmm. What's next, then? I don't think there's a week that goes by where I'm not attracted to another game with animals in it. But here we go. <laughs> um, Isle of Cats is up on Kickstarter again. So the most 
both the base game and the expansions to help you crazy cat people out there save literally all the cats and I mean all <laughs> of the cats um, so after the first campaign was really really successful I didn't get the chance to pick up this game the first time around and I'm certainly tempted by so this one so adorable oh, I know it's just so cute so players just need to draft cards and place cats around the ball for strategy and they need to match families of cats together by colour on a boat and shun them off of the Isle of Cats the aim of the game is to rescue as many cats as you possibly can before their home gets destroyed and I think that is just this sounds amazing <laughs> do you, you think that there's any possibility that they could create an alternative version where I just get to destroy cats <laughs> well, yeah, that's, Aww, like, that's what it is that's yeah. why they're moving the cats because someone's coming to destroy the island so maybe you are so give me more powers give me give me the ability to, to destroy even more of them you know <laughs> I'm not a cat guy. I just <laughs> I'm just a an animal person. So this is right up my street. But you've got to keep the families of cats together. So when I, when I think of a boat and keeping people together, I do think of Titanic and about putting people on a boat. So no, this is not a rendition <laughs> of that Titanic at all. Um, but I would pay to see that. But players would uh, go in and rescue a plethora of animals in the new expansions as well whilst handling different resources, adventuring to different parts of the island to rescue oh. all of the cats and accumulate treasures Turtles. and issues. What's that? Did I see a turtle or a oh, tortoise? Turtle. There is turtle. If, it, here, if there's turtles and tortoise, <laughs> I'll save them. I, I'll save them. It I really is. Yep. I'm happy with a turtle or a tortoise. But do you see cats? Do you see even walking on a boat with that many cats and them all winking at you? Yeah. And it's like, oh, ah, the, the problem oh. there, Warren, is they'll very quickly realize that you don't like them. And then at some point you get pushed overboard. You will get yeah. pushed overboard. Yeah. But yeah. the turtles and the tortoise will come to my rescue, Jerry. I mean, <laughs> I mean Warren's the turtle sense. guy. You're the squirrel guy, Jerry. Ben's yep. the badger guy. And I, I, I love penguins. So I think we've got a full round yeah. of team here, to be honest. Happy we're, day. We're, we're actually a cast of villains in the Batman universe. <laughs> 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 we really are. But um, what you've got to do is just accumulate treasures, rescue cats, undergo missions from a particular character called Oshak. So not only can you get your hands on the base game in this campaign, but you can pick up a few new expansions to shake up the catastrophe, I had to say. um, But new expansions add more diversity on the ship, so you get more space and variations, and you've obviously got your boardies with cats, kittens, and beasts all wanting in on a slice of the action. So there's new modules to be added in the game and lots of new upgrades to make sure there is happiness on the boat but obviously Warren won't be very happy on the boat because there's like that's interesting I just kick off the cats (laughs) (laughs) apart from Um, the exploring drawer version mm -hmm. rolling right but it says there comes with um support for remote play so you can play over the internet with people and custom mode as well pretty cool nice yeah but there's a few different pledges available if Mm. you want to get involved there's a new arrival pledge so if you're just new to um the isle of cats you can get started from the beginning by getting the base game um but if you're there's also a veteran pledge as well if you're just looking to um 
dip into the expansions as well. So they have completely got you covered. There's some adorable pins on there as stretch goals and stuff like that. So the Kickstarter's <laughs> got 20 days left. I will um, say it, the art direction's lovely. And oh, it's beautiful. It, it, I, I love how we started the show talking about hell, demons, <gasps> and the war for the souls of a million creatures. And now we're looking at lovely, adorable And look cats. at all the cats. <laughs> <laughs> Are they one and the same? Are they? Yeah. One, yeah. <laughs> it's called bookending. <laughs> 20, 20 days 20 days left, left on that one yeah. guy so check days. it out do check out the different levels of pledges more tortoise and the tortoise don't forget about those <laughs> well that about wraps us up for another week of news and gaming um, like I said we will be away for the next two weeks but when we come back, we'll be having a look at the Spring Clean Challenge. So, folks, if you haven't already joined in or if you just want to explore what other people have been doing, come over to OnTabletop.com mm -hmm. and check out the project system there. Uh, if you want to be in with a chance to win that starter set, then don't forget to leave your comment and your likes below. And also, don't forget to be a subscriber because we check. And then I have to pick somebody else, and it's a pain in my backside. Just saying, I'm lazy. Yeah. If I can do it once, I'd much prefer to. <laughs> so thank you very much, Ben, Free, and Warren. Uh, thank you guys at home, and we will see you on Sunday if you're a cult member. And if you're not, come over and register for a 30-day trial, and you can see us waffling on about our hobby and yours on Sunday morning. So until then, bye-bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.